to Invisible Disco Productions podcast, Writer's Block Party. This is the inaugural episode of our podcast. We're hoping to share the work of emerging artists and breaking down the all too often mysticized process of creating and developing art. I'm Denise Bullett. And I'm Amelia Annan. And today our very first guest is Thea Thronson, who is a New York City actor, director, writer, and musician. She graduated from NYU Tisch's Experimental Theater Wing in May 2019. Recently, she co-founded the entertainment production company, Invisible Disco Productions, who that's us, and with whom she has spent a good portion of quarantine collaborating. Her composition and music directing credits include Invisible Disco Productions, Digital Retelling of This Feeling, and NYU's Mara Saad. Her stage directing credits include This Feeling, and her original one-act play, After the Beep. Her acting credits include La Bourgeois Avant-Garde, The House of Bernard Alba, and Eleven Blocks on the Camino Real, all performed at ETW. She aspires to help make theater more accessible for all creators and consumers. She feels incredibly grateful to be working with a company where her passions glide every day and is so excited to be the first guest on Writer's Block Party. Hey! <laughs> so excited. So today you brought a little a little ditty for us, a little song. Sure did, baby. Yes, what's it called? Time Numbs. This song that I wrote is called Time Numbs. <laughs> Incredible. And where'd you get that name from? A, a journal entry of mine somewhere along the line. Let's take a listen. Oh, 
I loved that. That was so pretty. Thank you. You're very good with words, and also violin, right? Was that was that the other instrument in there? Indeed, it was. <laughs> God, I'm good. <laughs> Got it. Wow, you are good. <laughs> Where did that come from in your artistic mind? Great question. So this song kind of came to life when I was I was riding in the car with my grandma. <laughs> We like, we were just going for a drive because there's a pandemic and you can't go anywhere. So we were just going for a drive and talking about nothing really. And I was like thinking about when we used to like go for drives when I was a little kid. And I was like, I, I was like thinking back on conversations we'd had and like thinking about how I was going to be coming back to New York pretty soon and I was going to miss her and miss talking to her just like candidly in the car um and I kind of was thinking about I don't know just missing people and missing feelings of people and I thought of the phrase I wish I could bottle this conversation and I was like oh I like I like the sentiment of that so I wrote it down and I journaled for a little bit when I got home and then I just put it away and didn't really think too much about it I just was like a journal entry And then a couple of other things happened. I lost a couple of people who used to be like a big part of my life, like close friends, but weren't anymore in kind of a short period of time. And I was just thinking about like, I like thinking about missing the idea of a person as opposed to like missing an actual person and like missing something that used to be because people are constantly changing. And so I started writing music, which is usually how I start writing songs. You write the music first. I do, yeah, because I don't really like writing lyrics. Um, I never, I never really have. I always feel kind of corny. And so I started with guitar and I was, I just recorded a a few minutes of just me fucking around with a couple of chords. Can we swear? I mean, we just did. So (laughs) yes. Okay, great. Um, let's also just mention that she's hugging her guitar right now. Yeah. She's sitting there (laughs) with her guitar, like a little singer songwriter. So I wrote just a, a little, I wrote like the chord progression that I liked and then I was messing around with just like singing like Phoebe Buffay with no words and I was like I love this and then I went back to that journal entry for some reason I can't remember if I was sitting down to write a song or if I was just kind of perusing through old journal entries which is a bad idea and you shouldn't do it but I think that might have been what I was doing and uh I was like oh that's like a good lyric I wish I could bottle this conversation so I wrote the first verse with the chord progression and I was like happy with it and then I was like this is this is where it gets hard for me because now I have no other words in my brain that I know and so I'm gonna stop so I stopped and I left it be for a little bit it existed only in a voice recording on my phone and then this feeling happened the digital retelling yes we wrote a little song for that too. where we wrote a little song which is on which is on youtube yes yeah, it's on check YouTube. it out go check it out uh check it out it's it's worth it's a like watch, 36 sure. views not a big deal hey whoa <laughs> tens of views guys let's put us over 40 <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i you and lauren amelia sent me poems and then my dad kind of helped me like shape the poems into lyrics and I was like well that was really fun so then I like floated the idea to my dad I was like hey do you want to like write songs together and he was like 
sh sure, I guess. <laughs> and so as we were driving back to New York from my house in Iowa, I was like sitting in the back seat of our van, like playing guitar. And he was, and he and my mom were in the front seats, just kind of like suggesting word pairings and like ideas of things. And we recorded it and yeah. Incredible. Incredible. And pardon me if this is just my um, lack in musical no, abilities. Please. But so when I listen to someone's album, I'm always astounded in how many different types of songs there are, like all these different lyrics, all these different compositions, or even like these famous um, composers for movies. They just come up with such different things all the time. And I have had the chance to listen to some of your work. So how is it different every time? That's a great question. How do you just like not go by the same melody and same lyrics over and over right, again? Right, right. Well, it's interesting you ask because I was actually just today, <laughs> earlier today, thinking about how um, a lot of my work is a very similar sound, like has a very similar acoustic guitar sound, which will happen when you write exclusively on acoustic guitar. Um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, that used to be a really big fear of mine when I was, like, a child and had, like, only a piano and wanted to write songs, and they all were exactly the same song. And I guess I don't tend to write melodies, like, beforehand. I tend to write, like, like backtracks and secondary guitar lines and put them together and then just sing over them for a while. And I think for me, that's helpful to avoid having similar sounding melodies because every, like every chord progression has a different feeling and a different motivating force behind it. So like this feeling was like, which is very different from time numbs. Like, it's just, it has a different, like, like, it feels, I don't know how to describe it other than it feels different. So the, the vocal line wants to be different. And as far as lyrics, a lot of my lyrics come from things that, like, journal entries of mine, things that I have written and thought about for a long time. So they, they do kind of fall into a, a through line, but I think... Like, I'm thinking, when you said artists' albums who have a very distinct sounds on every song, like, I'm thinking of Fun, Some Nights album. I don't know if you've listened to it. But, like, every song on that album is, it could have been sung by a different band. Like, it's, they're all so, so distinct. And I definitely, as a, like, as a songwriter, aspire to that. But I'm definitely not at that level yet. And okay, I, no shade on Fun, but I do wonder, because a lot of bands have other people write their songwriters. songs. I do kind of wonder if there are li they are literally different songwriters. Right, right, which <laughs> could be. Also, I guess like as a band, it's easier because they're like a bunch of you That's whereas true. you're right. A solo. Right. Like I feel like for the Beatles, every like everyone who loved the Beatles is always like, "Oh, that's a that's a that one song. That's a John song. That's a, you know, like yeah. that sort of thing." You can so they like out. you can hear the different songwriters. Right. Exactly. And I think I aspire to write different sounding songs. I also, I'm going to get a ukulele 
and that might be helpful in doing that, just because a ukulele is inherently different than a guitar. But yeah, it's always something to, to think about. I don't think it's something to get too caught up in, though, because, yeah, I mean, unless you have a team of professional songwriters, it's gonna... There's, there's gonna be you in it, which is not a bad thing. I don't know who said this. You know how, how acting teachers just quote people and never tell you who they're yes. quoting? But it's, like, that sort of thing where, I don't know, one acting teacher said, like, all writers keep writing the same story but in a different way. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but I yep. always think of that, how, like, a lot of writers are just telling sort of the same, like, life, uh, their own life story just in, like, different ways. Exactly. They're different characters. It seems so easy when you say it that way. But right. It's really hard to make a difference. <laughs> so what do you normally do if you, like, have writer's block? Like, if you just cannot come up with anything, like, how do you get out of that? What I do is I try to avoid <laughs> writing that has a deadline. <laughs> um, yes, you're like, I never hold myself to a deadline, therefore. <laughs> therefore! <laughs> I never have writer's block, but I'm just waiting. <laughs> no, I... If I can't, like, I will go through periods where I'm just, like, constantly on the guitar, right? Like, just, like, playing, and I'm like, oh, that sounds great, and, like, this is going to be a different song, and, like, da 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 And then I can, like, put ideas to those things, but then once I, like, start to write lyrics, I inevitably, like, shut down, and I'm like, this sounds dumb, and I wouldn't want to listen to this song, and no one else is going to want to listen to this song. So then I just stop, and what I usually do is I just, like, leave it for a day, two days, like a week, however long you have in the parameters of your logistical life. And I go like do other things and like don't, don't even think about the song. Like I'll still play guitar and I'll like do covers of things, but I won't even think about that song for however long. And then I'll come back to it. And if I still just like really am feeling like I don't have any inspiration, I'll just journal. And I do this when I write scenes and monologues too. I just, I always go back to the journal and I write down what's happening in my life. Like I am very like specific and very first person and not being metaphorical or like, or no metaphors, right? Like no, like very literal, very specific. And then whatever is like working itself out in my brain that won't allow itself to be written into a song is on the page within like 10 or 20 minutes. And then once I have those words, I'll, like, put them into a doc and, like, rearrange them and write lyrics. And then once I have, like, a structure, I'll be like, okay, I don't like how this sounds, but I like maybe if I switched it to this. So it's just, like, it's a very formulaic thing for me, which I don't think it is for everybody. But if I can just figure out what in my brain, like, doesn't want to be said (laughs) on paper, then the rest usually falls into place. So you mentioned covers. And now I wonder, are there particular writers and singers that you go back to who inspire you? Um. Yes, there are. Joni Mitchell, for sure. Tracy Chapman. Carla Morrison. Whoever writes the songs for Broods. Roger Waters. Yeah, Nina Simone. Taylor Swift has some good lyrics. I really only have recognized like two names you've said. But I look them up. Look them up. That. We'll link look their Spotify. You're on Spotify anyway, so they're they're so real good. Amelia and I have some work to do. <laughs> yeah, we need to research. What about those people? Do you, do you like what makes you like them? If you can put your nose on it or finger on it, what's the phrase? Put, I don't know. put your nose. Put your nose on to it. the stone. <laughs> I think, like for example, Roger Waters. I assume he was the lyricist for Pink Floyd. He was in Pink Floyd, and then he did his own 
everything. And just the songs that he writes are so devastating because of the way that he puts words together. He just, like, captures emotions so, like, intangibly. <laughs> and I latch on to that in songs. I, like, I when when there's, like, a phrase in a song that I can't get out of my head, I'll, like, listen to everything that that artist has ever done. Because it's, like, the earworms of, like, a well-put-together lyric. And I think a lot of a lot of the people that I mentioned have a similar like like I think of it as like a very intellectual way of writing lyrics which is how I write lyrics and so if I can like try to figure out where their head was when they were writing or how they got from verse to chorus or chorus to verse then it makes it easier for me to be like okay I can apply that to this song just in terms of process but also all of those artists have super dissimilar musical profiles <laughs> and I think that also is interesting to me because I play a lot of instruments and I like a lot of different types of music and so I guess it makes sense that like there would be a wide spectrum of sounds that appeal to me. Is music in a movie something that particularly stands out for you? Yes. Because it is for me even though I'm not a musician at yes. all. I think it can make or break a Absolutely. movie. Absolutely. And it is for you. 100% agree. Look. What appeals to me in a uh, film score is the French horn, because that's my favorite instrument. <laughs> and so literally ask anyone I've ever watched a movie with, if a French horn comes in a soundtrack, I'll go, oh, French horn. And I'll be like, okay, shut up. <laughs> yes, film scores make and break movies. It's something I thought I was going to do when I was in high school. I applied to an equal number of acting programs and French horn programs. And I assumed I would be going to school for French horn and then going, like, moving to L.A. and being in bands that recorded for films, which is a very, like, incredibly difficult thing to do. So I was just like, that's what I'll do. Then instead, <laughs> I went into acting. This is slightly easier. You know, a little easier. It really is crazy, though, because I was, like, one of my professors who, like, was a French horn coach was telling me about how he used to play in LA and like French horn is a little different because there's less of them but like trumpet players they'll go to like auditions for things and they'll get the part right and they'll get like they'll they'll know that they're gonna do this thing on like Friday and then on Thursday they'll get emailed all of the music and then for a two-hour movie and then they'll go the next day record all day and if there's like one sour note or if the director for some reason is just like your tone doesn't match everybody else they'll kick them out and bring in the person from the waiting room it's like you mean whiplash literally it's like oh my god what a stressful life so i didn't do that what a stressful movie well, a great movie um it's called score it's a documentary basically about this but more about film composers mm. um it sort of shows that like not it doesn't focus so much on the band but more on the composers but if you haven't seen it you should watch it i absolutely will it's very interesting so you're not <laughs> a french horn player I mean, I mean you play the french horn but it's not your profession exactly unfortunately and it's really difficult to write songs on the french horn because it's uh it's kind of all-encompassing what is this piece in its full form? My dad and I are planning on slash have started writing an album. Father-daughter musical duo. Yeah, very exciting stuff. I don't know when it will happen, but 
one day there will be an album by James Keen and Althea Thronson for your listening pleasure. And it will include this song and several others that are in the rudimentary stages of creation. <laughs> Would you ever write a musical? Since you write, you've written plays. Yes. My biggest pipe dream <laughs> is to write a musical. It is such an undertaking. When I wrote music for NYU ETW's Marat Saad, and that music already had lyrics. Like, the person who wrote that had written lyrics. So I was just composing purely musical things on top of that. And that was the hardest <laughs> creative endeavor I've ever undertaken. And I really wasn't sure how it would be, but trying to write like musical motifs that reoccur throughout a piece and like music does so much for a musical and to try to manage that in order to write it is like something that eludes me 100%. <laughs> and so I would love, like that is definitely a dream of mine, but I for sure, like the first musical I ever write will definitely be a collaboration. But I would love, I would love to write a musical by myself one day. I feel because there is, I feel like there's, as someone who has listened to a lot of musicals and been in some musicals, I feel like there's definitely a musical-esque element to your song. Yes, that's a good point. I do like to write story songs. I like to write songs that have a narrative. So that's helpful in terms of transitioning between an album and a musical. I also see your music as like music videos a lot because it just, even when I listen to this and many of uh, this feeling music, I just can totally imagine someone going in a car, like driving through um their hometown that they haven't been back in 10 years yeah <laughs> staring out the window of a bus uh, which is funny because you got the idea when you were in a car with your grandma so i do love cars just elicit music in me they're just very like i don't know what the word is not cinematic whatever cinematic of music is yeah it's just like a very like musical vibe in a car you know looking out a window music video-esque thank you so much thea for joining us on our first episode thank you this was a blast uh, and thank you everyone for listening if you want to hear more of thea's work go to invisible disco productions youtube channel hell yeah um, and follow us on instagram at invisible disco Productions. yes thank you all for listening and we'll see you later Writer's Block Party was created by Invisible Disco Productions. It's produced by Amelia Annan, Dana Spulat, Lauren Montez, and Thea Fronson. And is edited by Noah Friend. If you enjoyed this, check us out at IDP Presents WBP on Twitter and at Invisible Disco Productions on Instagram and Patreon. Thanks and have a great week!